Well, uh, we've spent a few Wednesdays on a series on the importance of forgiveness. And we're going to we're going to uh, cover a different aspect of that tonight. Um, if you didn't hear those messages, I encourage you to go back and listen to them. Because this, uh, this is a very important topic. Um, usually not a topic that, you know, I get a lot of woohoos, <laughs> get a lot of people uh, running around the church doing dances, but um, this will impact your life. All the words good and all of it will impact your life, but this will impact your, your life and it will change your life. It will set you free. And so I encourage you to go back and listen to those. If we could, let's start in the second scripture, Ephesians 4.30. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed by the day or for sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. In the Amplified Classic, verse 32 says, become useful and helpful and kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another, readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. In Galatians 5, 5.14, it says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So you, the way you treat your neighbor, the way you treat yourself, you love them as yourself, not you put them, you can prefer them, but that doesn't mean you treat your neighbor really well and you're, yourself bad and vice versa. Let's read uh, Luke 37, the Amplified Classic. It says, Judge not, neither pronouncing judgment nor subjecting to censure, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and pronounce guilty, and you will not be condemned and pronounced guilty. Acquit and forgive and release. Give up resentment, let it drop, and you will be acquitted and forgiven and released. And let's read one more. Colossians 3, verse 12 says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness and humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So we, we talked about... Uh, Forgiving others, you know, start out the importance of forgiveness and really focused on forgiving other people and, and really the real importance of doing that and what it means um, in our lives. And it's not an optional thing. It's not an optional thing as a, a Christian just to hold on to something. And we talked about um, forgiving yourself. If you didn't hear that, it's a good one to hear. Um, you need to know how to forgive yourself. You know how to... Uh, put stuff behind you. I talked about the fact that temptation, temptation is not sin. If, you, if you're tempted, you know, you, so you've forgiven somebody, and then you have a thought, but you still, you know, you like to knock their lights out. That doesn't mean you're in sin unless you yield to it, unless you start meditating on it. That doesn't mean that you 
have sin. You know, people will say, well, I forgave that person, but now I have bad thoughts. What? I thought I thought I had forgiven them. I guess I didn't. Well, no. Th- see, there's a difference between sinning and temptation. We're all tempted. Just because you have a bad thought does not mean you're sinning. You, you, it's what you do with the thought. Now, if you say, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Let me think about the ten different ways I could execute that. Then you can. there's a line there you're probably falling into. Don't do that. Same thing with yourself. We talked about it in relation to yourself. Um, you know, you j- just because you know, you've dealt with something over a period of time and you put it behind you and you've gone on and, um, you know, you've dealt with a certain situation, dealt with a a certain habit, but you're tempted to do it doesn't mean you've fallen into it because people get tripped up over that. They think because I had the temptation, I basically already crossed a line. So they become discouraged and then they don't go anywhere. No, you, that's the place you have to resist. So we've talked about, um, those different aspects. And like I said, if you haven't heard them, go back and listen to it tonight. I want to talk about receiving forgiveness. Receiving forgiveness. So for yourself, we're going to go back and look at some of these scriptures and some more. You know, this is talking about forgiving. Well, of course, this applies uh, if somebody, you know, somebody forgiving you as well. But you can't do anything about the other person forgiving you. But what you can do if you need forgiveness, if you've done something You've crossed somebody. You've done something that you know. And you say, well, how would I know? If you're a born-again Christian, you know right on the inside. You don't need anybody to tell you. You have the, a born-again spirit. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and it will bother your conscience the moment you do, you do something. Uh, you say the wrong thing to somebody. You do the wrong thing. You know you shouldn't have done it. You can try to rationalize it. Well, they did such and such. You know on the inside, if you look down, in there, there's going to be something scratching you. What is that? That's the love of God trying to get your attention. And so you know. Now, don't make something up. You know, if you, if you know you didn't do something with somebody, you're not talking about an overactive conscience where you just always think you did something wrong. If you know you something, did something, you know, yeah, I, said, I shouldn't have said that. Well, they deserved it. That doesn't matter. You, now, you, now you are crossing a line. But so what do you do if, if you did do something? If, if you, you know. I need to ask that person to forgive me. Well, the first step, the first step is you have to confess the fact that you were wrong. Confess, it it just means this. It means to, in the Bible, in the Bible, it means to speak the same thing. It means to assent, accord, to agree with. Talking about the biblical definitions out of Vine's uh, Expository Dictionary of Biblical Words. Uh, To confess by way of admitting oneself guilty of what one is accused of, it's the result of inward conviction, like we talked about. It's to declare openly by way of speaking out freely you know, such confession being the effect of deep conviction of facts. So it's to assent, to accord, to agree. It's to confess, to declare. It's to say that something is true. It's to admit guilt. That's what confess means. It's not this long groveling something. Could be groveling, not necessarily groveling. Confessing, it just means, you know, because in religious, in religion, confession has all kinds of weight and connotation to it. 
weight being not weighty, being baggage. Like people get ideas of, you know, going to confession. Got to go confess your sins to somebody before you can forgive. And that's not, that's not, the Bible doesn't teach that. You, you go to God. There's no priest between you and God in the new covenant. In other words, there's nobody representing you to God in the new covenant. Now, there are people that represent God to you. You know, like a, a, the fivefold ministry, a pastor is right now is representing God's word to you. But there's nothing in between you and God. It's just bringing out the word. You know, the, Jesus is the good shepherd, but there are under shepherds. There are people you can represent God to somebody else. You know, you, anybody, a, a fellow believer, you're, you're, you comfort each other as God would comfort you. Isn't that representing him? We comfort each other with the comfort that he comforts us with. That you're representing, but you don't need now somebody to represent you to God. In other words, hey, I need my sins forgiven. Can, can you get him to forgive me? You don't need that. Because Jesus, he made the way for you to be right with God. So you can go straight to the throne room. You don't need anybody. You don't need anybody else. You don't need to go confess your sins in a confessional in order to get forgiven. You don't need to go through some man to declare you not guilty. You just go to God. And the Bible says that. And let's just read it. 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins. Now put up 1 John 1, 9. That's 2 Corinthians. There you go. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, what does that mean? You, that means, and we're talking about relation to God, we're going to keep going, we'll talk about it in relation to people, but I want to cover a little bit of some different aspects here so that we understand some things in this context. Here it says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and He's right, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, this is in the New Covenant, and, and confession, we'll see this, is throughout the Bible, Confessing means you're owning it. You're saying that was wrong. That's what that means. It's not, again, it's not a religious term. It, it's mean, meaning it's to say the same thing. It's agreeing. It's a knowledge. And it's saying that was wrong. You're going before God and saying that was wrong. And it says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. In other words, any result of the fact that you did wrong he takes care of, and there's nothing between you and him. You, you know, you can be in right relationship, but out of fellowship. Does that make sense? With God. So here's an example, and this, of course, goes with people, too, and we're going to you know, talk about it, but you got to understand this with God, and you have to understand it going forward, because we're talking about receiving forgiveness. Well, you need to know how to receive forgiveness from God. And you need to know how to receive forgiveness from people. But you receive forgiveness from God by you go and you say, yes, Lord, that was wrong. You distance yourself from it. Again, you don't have to grovel. You don't have to, um, you don't have to uh, get on your knees and, and, and say, I'm such a worm and this was so wrong. I mean, 
depending on what you did, you may go before God and you're heartbroken. Okay? You don't make light of things. We should never make light of sin. Amen? You don't make light of it like, oh, it just doesn't matter. No, it matters. Jesus' blood was shed so that you could be right. Don't, don't make it a light thing. But on the other hand, Jesus' blood was shed. So don't stay there and act like I just, I can't, I, I'm so unworthy. Well, uh, you know, we could, we could teach on uh, a whole bunch here, but I just want to read you some scriptures. We'll look at a few. Go back to uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Read a few scriptures. They're talking about, so we're forgiven. We, we have a relationship with God, but there is something about confessing our sins too. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we are, we have been made new. You've been made a new creature in Christ, a new creation. You've been made right with God. You've been made righteous. Okay, so that's the relationship you have with him. Let's read a few more scriptures and we'll comment. Colossians 2.13 says, you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. So it says, having forgiven you all trespasses. So then people are like, well, so yeah, you're forgiven of everything. So you don't ever have to go before God and do anything. That's a misunderstanding of scripture. He's, he's made the sacrifice for you to be right with him. And so you're in right relationship with God. You are been made the righteousness of God so you can be his child. It's, your, it's who you are. It's identity. He has acquitted you. But you are, so you're in a relationship with him. But just like a relationship with a person... If you just go and do things that are going to create uh, tension in a relationship, if you're going to willfully go against things that are right in the, in the relationship, if you're going to go out and cheat on a person, if you're going to steal from the person, that's going to create distance between you and that person. You know that. So, for instance, you could be, you're married to somebody. That's the relationship. You're married. Now, you could cheat on that person. Bad thing to do. That creates distance between you and that person, even though you're still married. There, is, there could be no close relationship. Back it up, you know, several notches. That's something that could be catastrophic. You got in an argument. You said some mean things. Well, the air is heavy. You don't have this warm relationship, but you're still married. You're still married, but the atmosphere is cold. The fellowship is not there. Why? Because you know you did something. You know you did something you shouldn't have done. Your conscience is bothering you. Well, your conscience will bother you with God. He's a person. You can't violate his word and there'd be no consequences. See, that's an excess. 
When people try to teach, well, it doesn't matter. We're forgiven. So, and you know where that leads? People doing whatever they think they want, getting into all kinds of stuff, and they're hurt, and they're overriding their conscience, and they're doing stuff because they've been told God's already forgiven you. God has made you righteous. You're making a roadblock between you and him. He hasn't gone anywhere. Your conscience will condemn you, and you will pull away. And you, you will not, the Bible says in 1 John, you will have, you, you, if we have confidence, uh, if our heart doesn't condemn us, we have confidence toward him. Just like a person, right? If everything's good, you've been, um, you've been uh, in good relationship, then you have confidence to go in that person, to, into that, that, the presence of that person. But you know, you ever been around, you know, you did something, you said something, or you owe somebody something, it doesn't make you very... You know, you're not confident around that person. It's that easy. We're not looking for a way to get away with wrong things with God. He's our Father. So we want to have a good relationship. So if you, if you uh, do something that you ought not to have done, you, you own it and you say, Lord, that was wrong. So what you're saying, you're not trying to get it. You're not trying to, quote, unquote, get away with it. You're coming and saying that was wrong. I distance myself from that. I'm not owning that in the sense of I'm saying it's it's OK. Um, you know, as far as I'm just going to try to cover it. I'm saying I did that and I'm separating myself from it because you're more important. I'm sorry. I confess that. Well, he forgives you. But if you cover if you try to cover it and you don't, you, don't, you, you don't acknowledge it, you're acting like nothing happened. You're not confessing anything. What is confessing? Going and grovel? No, it's saying, I acknowledge that. That was stupid. And it's that easy. You go before God. And again, you don't play flippant with it. Depending on what you did, you ought to have remorse because you don't want to hurt your father. You don't want to hurt that relationship. Sin is of Satan. So we want to be like, I don't want to, I don't want to see how close to the line I can get. I want to see, I don't want to have anything to do with it because sin has a hardening effect. People, it, it says in the Bible that the deceitfulness of, of sin, that you, lest you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. You think you start out, it doesn't matter, but it'll start to harden you until you don't want to be close to God. So what's the way to stay clean? You, if you miss it, you confess it. You say, God, I, that was wrong. And he forgives you. And he cleanses you of all unrighteousness. Let's, just, let's read Hebrews 10, 11. It says, For every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices. This is in the Old Covenant, which what they had to do. See, there, there was a penalty for sin, and, and animals had to pay for it. Well, Jesus has paid the price for sin which can never take away sin. See, the reason you can confess your sin to the Lord, to God, and you be forgiven is because of what Jesus did. Amen. Otherwise, you'd have to go, and you still have a priest, and somebody would have to kill an animal for you. So the blood's been shed, so you can be right. Otherwise, there, there wouldn't be any, any way that you could be right with him. Verse 12, but this man, Jesus, when he had, uh, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. 
For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Sanctification is a process. That's you being set apart. That's you growing to be more like Jesus. And you're not just like him. Yes, you're made in the image of him. Yes, your spirit's been recreated. But you, your flesh, is not recreated. Your flesh wants to sin. Your, your unrenewed mind wants to do wrong things. And it's a process to get yourself lined up more and more like Jesus. Everybody with me there? Anybody want to stand up and say, I have arrived? If you have anybody that knows you well, they're going to pull you right back down. <laughs> Verse 15, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. And after uh, he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord, the covenant that we're in. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds, I will write them. And then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Now, where there is a remission, that means forgiveness. Where there is a remission of sins, there is no longer an offering for sin. So, Jesus is the sacrifice that made it so that we could be right with God, but we are being sanctified. You are being, uh, you're, you're becoming more and more in the image of God Himself, of Jesus, as you walk with Him. So, as we're going through that process, we may miss it. <laughs> we may do something wrong. We may sin. You don't have to. Don't, you don't make uh, plans for it. The Bible says to make no, you don't, uh, you don't make any place for it. In other words, you go, I'm doing this this Friday, but Saturday morning I'm going to repent. Don't do that. Yeah, but if you trip up and you miss it, you're in the process of sanctification. You don't make an excuse for it. You don't try to get away with things. But you, if you miss it, you know. You go to God and say, Lord, that was wrong. I don't want to do that. And you, you get away from it. You, you, you um, separate yourself from it. So with God, uh, you know, if we miss it, we come, you confess your sin, you acknowledge it. You know, if, look, put up 1 John 1, 9. So if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It says he'll forgive you. Well, if you're talking about a person, which we'll get to in a minute, I believe, but, you know, if you go to God and it's a relationship and he's a person, you will be like, well, I did that. I guess I'm forgiven. You would ask for forgiveness. Now, is he going to grant it? Yes. But are, are you rude to God? Like, well, we don't have to do that. Even though with a person, I would. I mean, God, forgive me for that. I'm, I, I did that. Forgive me. You're not talking about legalism and some, le some uh, religious thing. You're talking about a relationship. I'm sorry. I don't want to have anything to do with that. Well, he said it says then he'll forgive you. So you confess it. You ask for forgiveness and then you receive forgiveness. 
If he's forgiven you, now we talked about this some in the second one, then you forgive you and you go on. So this is the way it is with, um, with the Lord. Now let's read a few more scriptures and we're going to go, uh, go forward here. But look at these. We're talking, we talked about, you know, looked at the definition of confess. I just want you to see some, some other scriptures about that. Luke 17, uh, 3 through 4. He says, take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Well, will God not do what he told us to do right here? No, he will. Let's read a few more. Leviticus 5 verse 5 says, it shall be when he is guilty in these matters, this is in the law, but just, I just want you to see the principle, that he shall confess that he has sinned in that thing. That he shall confess that he is, so acknowledge, he's acknowledging it, and he shall bring his trespass offering to the Lord. See, they had to have an offering at this point for his sin, which he has committed, a female from the flock, a lamb or a kid or goat of the sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sins. Notice he, he asked, he, he owned it. He said, I, I admit I sinned in that area, but now a priest had to get involved. A sacrifice had to get involved for him to, to have atonement. Well, that's Jesus. Jesus has made atonement for us. You don't need a priest. You don't need an animal. But no, you, it hasn't changed that you just like, well, I don't have to confess it anymore. That, that's, that's not true. You know, you acknowledge it. Verse 32, I acknowledge my sin to you. Or Psalm 32, 5. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave me the iniquity of my sin. I confess and you forgave me. I just look at it. I acknowledged it. I accepted it. I said, that's what I did. And you forgave me. Proverbs 28, 13, he who covers his sins will not prosper but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. He who covers his sins, what would that be like? Ah, it didn't happen. Nothing to see here, right? He who covers his sins will not prosper. He who covers what he did wrong. He who acts like it's not wrong or I didn't do it. And we're talking about this in general. We're, go, we're going uh, forward with this. I want to talk about this with people. But he who covers his sins and not prosper uh, will not prosper. But whoever confesses his sins, acknowledges them, and forsakes them will have mercy. So this is what uh, God does. And then I'm going to read you one more. Isaiah 43, 25. We read this before. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. So you confess your sin, you are forgiven, and then God doesn't remember them. You go on. So when we're talking, we're talking about receiving forgiveness. So you need to know, as a Christian... You need to know what you need to do with God before you're ever going to deal with other people. You need to understand what you've been forgiven of, that you are right with God, why you're right with God. Because if you're under condemnation all the time and think God's mad at you all the time, you're, you are going to have problems with people. Because you have a problem with yourself. 
because you don't understand what God has done for you. But if you understand what we're talking about right here, now this is the platform on which you're going to deal with other people. It's going to be the same way. Now, you, you know, the people are not God your father, but the process is the same. So now we talk about other people. You did something that you shouldn't have done. You said something. You knew you shouldn't have said it. You let it go. You know, you had the thought. There was a few microseconds, milliseconds, seconds, depending on where you were, self-control at that point. But you let it rip. You said something. You knew. You knew you shouldn't have said it. Dagger. You know, you might have lasted a little longer this time, but you know you're walking out of the room and you said it and came out of your mouth. You know what you said. You knew it when it came out of your mouth. You knew it before you came out of your mouth. And you know it after it came out of your mouth and it bothers you. You knew. That's wrong. Now you have a choice. You, you keep walking. You act like you deserved it. I'm not saying anything. I'm not going to. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to say anything. Or you did something that was more subtle. You threw a dagger and you acted like I didn't throw a dagger. You just said it, but you knew it was a dagger. It hit, and you're just going to act like, what? And you just kept going. You know what I'm talking about. It's subtle. It's not overt. You weren't, it wasn't slapping that person upside the head, but you said something. You knew it was going to dig, but you're just, you know, that's called passive aggressive. You know, you're just like, it looks like it's real nice, but, or, you know, you're not aggressive, but it was an aggressive comment. But you could act like didn't do anything. You have a choice. Could be any number of things where you had an interaction with somebody where you know, I need forgiveness for this. This bothers me. I know there's something between me and that other person. And if there's something between me and that other person and I'm bothered about it, I'm not talking about making something up and taking responsibility for everything. And everything's always your fault. That's a whole other thing. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about you know. By any, by any account, you were wrong. Okay. So there's something. Could be little, could be big. But you know that this was something you did. Now, what do you do about it? You have some choices. You can act like, what? I didn't say anything. There is nothing. Problem is, you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You're a Christian. You're trying to run your race for God. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, the Holy One on the inside of you, and you're going to act like, didn't do anything, but I'm running for Jesus. And I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God, except the same person that's on the inside of you that you're trying to be led by is tugging you going, you know you did that wrong. Not talking about just your own heart will condemn you, the Bible says. But the Spirit of God is there. He's not going to wink and go, oh, yeah, that's fine. Your spirit is going to, the Bible says your own heart is going to condemn you because your own heart has been born again, and it knows right from the minute you did it, it was bothering you. So you're not going to be able to get away with going, but I'm running for Jesus. I love people, except <laughs> not that one, but I'm going and I'm going to minister and I'm giving my, love, my, my life for people and I'm, God just help me to have wisdom today at work and help me to, and this whole time you're like, forgive, I, I need to ask forgiveness. Now we talked about forgiving that of people, now we're talking about you're the person that needs to be forgiven. You know you did something wrong and you need to ask, you need to acknowledge it 
and you're going to have to ask for forgiveness. The big thing is here is that you have got to get past a thing called pride. And pride is ugly, and pride is not of God. But the thing that will try to keep you from doing it is your pride. It wasn't me. Well, yeah, but what did they say? They said this, and basically they deserved it. They may have deserved it, but you crossed the line when you entered in and started to do something. Now you, you just made it so you actually need forgiveness. And, and it's so easy to fall the, to this place where, yeah, but they did the worst thing, and they did it first, so once they forgive, once they come to me, then I'll, then I'll enter in. Except that you want to go on with your life, and you want to serve God, but you know. And it could be, forget that they did anything anyway. Let's say it's another scenario where you just did something, and you were flat wrong, and they didn't do anything to you. You did it. But still the temptation is, I didn't see anything. I'm just going to act like nothing happened, because then I don't have to, I don't have to acknowledge anything. If I acknowledge something, that means I'm admitting I was wrong. I don't feel like doing that. So why don't we just go back and act like nothing happened? This could happen in your family. Just look straight ahead. <laughs> kind of like Kermit the Frog, just... Not, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, you're, you're having a good, good night, and then you say something that you shouldn't have, and you just act like... Just go on and act like it, it didn't happen. You're just going to keep going on, except you know, another person knows, and then you just act like, oh, but everything's okay. If you do that, that'll start to break down the relationship because you're treating the other person without respect. Like they, they don't, you're acting like they didn't see something, that they weren't hurt, and you know on the inside that you did the wrong thing. You know that you need to come and ask for forgiveness. And so the longer it goes, if you just let that go, there's going to be a callus that starts to develop there. And now you're going to start to just grow apart. Well, if you know how it works with your father, God, and you know, man, I messed it. I just go and say, that was stupid. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. With people, you can't control what the other person does. But let's talk about first close relationships, people you live with, people that you do know. People that should know that, you know, you're supposed to forgive or whatever. You, the first thing you're going to have to do is, is go to them and say, that was wrong, please forgive me. And if you, let's, let's go to like where you have a close relationship with somebody that like husband and wife, family, this is where you want to strive to be is that you both understand that you both could do something stupid and you both have done stupid stuff and you both have said the wrong thing. The quicker you can just say, that was dumb, I shouldn't have said it, and get it right, the less, the, 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 um, why am I trying to say the least damage? That doesn't sound right. But the least amount of damage is going to happen. The longer you let it go, even though you feel like I'm saving my, you know, my face or whatever, the worse you're actually doing to your, your relationship. And you could actually laugh about it. If you said something, the other person knows, you say, that was stupid, I yielded the wrong thing, please forgive me. You could just go on and still have a good night, good day, whatever. But if you let it go, the worse it gets. 
the, 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 um, the more you can divide because now you come back. They've had time to think about it. You've had time to think about it. They've run it to, in their head 50 times by the time you come. Now you got to work through some. So now they may say, I forgive you, but you know what? I need some time because I'm ticked at you. And I, even though I forgive you, i got to let you know, myself readjust. Now, should it be like that? We should all just be ching, ching, ching. But we're talking about reality. So the better, the closer we can just, just like with God, the closer you can just say, look, that was stupid, let's go on. Don't wait three days to do it. Your conscience is going to bother you for three days. God hasn't done it. He's not going to be mad at you. But, but you now, you have to get back in, into the right space. Why? Well, we're talking about people then. Why? Because of our pride, usually. So we have to go and say, you know what? That was wrong. That was uh, that, that, that was wrong. Will you please, will you please, will you please forgive me? Do you know those words can be hard to say? And if you get that far, do not ruin it by at that point going, but you, you just went down the hill right there. You just blew up your apology. You just Because what you're saying is, I might have done this, but let's get to what you did. You can't force that. Talking about receiving forgiveness, you can't force now them to forgive, you know, to, I, I, I want you to ask me to forgive. Now, if you do, if you ask them to forgive you and they say, you know what, I forgive you, and there was a mutual thing, now they may say, you know what, I said this too, I did this, will you forgive me? But you can't force it. And if you're confessing and tying in, you're basically confessing for them. You're just blowing up the whole thing. You just got to keep it one track. That's easier uh, said than done. <laughs> you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. You know. Just to keep a straight podge, because you're owning what you did. And you're swallowing everything else and saying this because the moment you violated your conscience, you're wrong. It doesn't matter what they did. It does matter, but it doesn't matter in the fact that, yeah, they may have provoked you, and they could have provoked you. But the fact is, you let yourself be provoked, and then you crossed the line. That's why if we just, the more we just walk in love, we don't have to do the repenting. We can say, you know, if anything, just, I'm not going down there because I don't want to come back to you in five minutes. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And even though you're doing something, I'll let you just, it's going to be on you. And now if you go and say, you did that, I'm just going to let it be on you. Now you just cross the line. Just keep your mouth shut. Keep my mouth shut. And just, just pray on the inside and just go, God, I'm just going to, I'm going to follow my heart right now. I'm going to stay right in line with my heart. I'm not going to go off. I'm going to stay in line with my heart. Well, but, the, but if you have crossed that, now it doesn't matter what they did. You have something to repent for or uh, ask forgiveness for. And when you do that, now that's, what, that's all you can do. Now they can choose not to forgive you. That's not your problem. But if you don't go to them and ask forgiveness, it's still your problem. So what do you want to do? I want to get back in line I don't want anything in between me and God and another person because I want to run my race. This life's too short, so I'm going to get it out of the way. You don't want to, you don't want to ask for, or you don't want to forgive me. That's your problem. 
I'm not going to make it my problem. So, and, but you can't just be like this either. All right. I know this is bothering me and God. Would you just, hey, forgive me because, you know, I really don't care about you, but you know, this is what your, your attitude and your, your, your voice is saying. I don't really care about you. I just want to get this out of the way. So would you just, can, we, can you just forgive me and let's go on? That's not good. That's not going to work. It has to be sincere. You don't want to have to take three or four or five runs at it, you know. Okay, let's just, let's just get it over with and let's just make up. But you do it and you either bring them into it or you say it the wrong way or you, you, you say what they did and now you just got to back up and you start, you know, 15 feet back this time because they just blew it up. You got to take another run at it. It's better just to come clean the first time sincerely. I did that wrong. I know it was wrong. Look them in the eye. Will you please forgive me? Okay, now we can go on. It's up to them whether they want to forgive you. And now you're clean. And now you can go on and, you know, you hopefully don't want to have to go through that again. Uh, I'm going to do my best not to do the same thing. I'm not going to just keep doing it over and over because then that's another issue. We're acting just like it doesn't matter. But if the other person then forgives you, now you have you, you say what you did wrong, you confess it, they, you ask for forgiveness, they forgive you. Now you have to receive that forgiveness. Well, they forgave me. Now we go back to what we talked about the second, you got to forgive yourself. But if you're at that point now, you know God's forgiven you, they've forgiven you, now you move on. But that process in there can trip you up for a, a given amount of time, depending on how fast we decide we're going to do what the Word of God says. Could be a couple seconds. Could be, you know, when you just get it over with and done. Could be a day. Could be a week. Could be four years. Eight years. Twenty years. And the thing is, just like we talked about uh, you forgiving somebody is so important. You asking for forgiveness so that they can forgive you is so important. And, you know, uh, just put this up on the screen. We read this in context uh, or uh, before, but Ephesians 4.26, all the way at the back, uh, at the beginning. This applies here too. Ephesians 4.26 and 27. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. So you, we talked about in the relationship of you forgiving somebody else, but if you're the one that needs forgiveness, if you decide you're going to cover it, if you decide I'm not going to do it, if you're going to decide they did something worse, so I'm not going to deal with it, you are giving place to the devil. He is going to enter. He's going to have a foothold in your life. You're going to try to go on with God, but your conscience is going to bother you. And the longer you let it go, the more you're going you're gonna to start making compromises in your mind to keep things right on track. You're going to try to tell yourself, no, I didn't have to. It's not that big a deal. And what that does is it's self-deception. You're going to start going off and the longer it goes, the worse it's going to get. And so you're giving place to the devil. We need to forgive other people, but we need to ask for forgiveness. And it is important. And we can't just act like, but I got my relationship with God. And so we're good. If you're not good with another person, it's going to affect everything else. 
So what's the answer? Just do what we talked about. Do what the Bible tells us to do. Get it clear and stay clean on our conscience. And now we can go on with God. We can go on with people and we can do what he asks us to do daily. Amen.